When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless mm. speculation. It's another scoop session with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. And it's a reckless speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. Reckless speculation. Hello, Doogie, and happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Look at your bronzed head. Is this all from, like, the first day of training camp? This is it, Phil. Good morning. Hello, Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, Phil. I mean, I was out there for about four hours on day one. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is that. But outside, coaching baseball, enjoying Little League baseball, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I've got a nice little base built up. Yeah, let's get it. SPF 50. yeah, Judd, look, Judd looks like no. he's been on SPF 50 the whole week. I don't want to be bronzed. No, no, no. My only mistake yesterday was I sprayed my face, you know, to try and make sure. And I was sweating so profusely, it started to drip into my contacts. Oh, that's And the worst. SPF 50 going into your eyes with yeah, contacts hurts like hell. Today, we will be more careful, but I'm not burned. And that's the most important thing. That is the most important thing. Now, hey, call me a wimp. Although, one out of every two players, so of course, TV-wise, we had to be well-positioned. Guys walking out of the locker room. We were there for the money shot, what we thought would be the money shot. Number 99, Daniil Hunter taking the field, which never took place. He was not on the field either for for walkthrough on day one. We'll see here later on day two if that happens to change. Multiple players told me, yes, we've had face-to-face dialogue. He is here in Egan, but he just wasn't seen on the practice field On day one, but like we're out there, right? Capturing all these guys walking out of the locker room. One out of two was like, bleep, this is hot. Holy bleep. This is ridiculous. This is hot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when those guys are complaining, it's far too hot. I don't know why the Vikings don't shift the practices to morning. I'll never understand that. But hey, they were out there by the end. You know, TJ Hawkinson told me, hey, I need to go in the locker room and chug about a gallon of water. So I'm good to go for day two. Multiple guys told me that. So I'm not quite sure why they go 215 or 230 to 405 or 410 when they could practice in the morning. But maybe that's a good question for for Judd's guy, KOC. KOC bonded with Judd yesterday. Yeah, he was he walking down the steps. Oh, yeah. So what's the details Judd there? and we, KOC we the had a nice little back and forth. Dapped it up is what we did. Mm-hmm. So he was so that the, he comes down like when the players are in progress stretching. So, so, like, he's not on the field when stretching starts. And so he came down, and, and his office is right above 
the field. So he comes down a staircase and goes on, goes by us and on to the field. And I saw him and I said, they can't start without you. And he's like, yeah. And I said, happy football season. Little dap. Oh, wow. It, initiated by him, not by me, because I'm not oh, a dapper. He, wait, he and, so you he, you wished him a happy football season, but I said happy he fo- kind of responded yes. with the dap. And he said, he said, are you guys tired of talking about all those other sports? And I said, Kevin, this is where the money is. Everything else is ancillary. <laughs> Doogie, wow. did uh, I have to ask you something? Because I don't know if I trust Judd. Did Kevin O'Connell address Judd by his name? You know what? I he wasn't within earshot. He I was about not. 10 to 15 feet away, Judd. so I saw he the by play. But I don't know if he referred to Judd as Judd or not. He, he did not time. say Judd. We got time. He did not say Judd because I said they can't start without you. Happy football season. He said, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, dap. And then he said, <laughs> are you guys tired of talking about all the other sports? Okay, when Judd, when Judd said the comment about like, hey, all the other sports are sort of ancillary. ancillary. This is where the big bucks are. Did Kevin say something along the lines, Doogie, of that's a good point, Judd? <laughs> no, he, he, he smiled and walked away. He's like, oh, yeah. And he smiled. Like, yeah, he, he kept you know going. what I'm talking yeah. about. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. I mean, frankly, it looked he like busy. he was feigning interest quick. in the back and forth. Judd was yeah. trying to keep going, and KOC was like, yeah. yeah. So Judd Actually, was wasn't, oh, you know boy. what? Pleasantries you know were what? exchanged. Let me get to the field. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. No, but but he kept, but he did the great walk and talk. Like, I wasn't trying to keep him. It, it wasn't it like a Sid like thing, you right? Were a little like bit. Sid was, no, I was just shooting the breeze with a guy that, you know, I know a little bit. That's all that was. There, oh, he's there a was no, the like, show. he's a friend of the show. Although there was you no, clearly like, don't know well enough that he calls you Judd. No, he does call him Judd at press conference. Occasionally. Yeah, I know he does. But this yeah. was like, but wait, 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 wait. If I pass a, <laughs> if I'm back at Benilde, you know, circa 87, and I see a pal, odds are he's not going to say, hey, Judd. He's going to be like, what's up? I'm be like, what's up? We'll see each other. How's it going? We just talk and walk, talk and walk, right? This we is know, what that we was. We know you're not saying their name because yeah, you don't remember you it or names. don't know it in the first place. You probably never knew it even in 87. Well, that's not, yeah, that, and that's not the point. The point is, the point is we don't need to be saying, like, it's not a formal thing. It was very quick. It was a very high. I was glad. We're both glad. We're kindred spirits in that way. The football's back because yes. it's where we make our money. I will tell so, you, though, for what it's worth, after a walkthrough, so our mutual friend Kevin Seifert of ESPN has a bucket hat, right? And KOC said to Kevin, hey, Kevin, I may need to use that hat later. <laughs> so He's he did like, refer KOC to him on a first-name basis, man. but not you, it's a great, bu- And it's a great bucket hat, by the way. It is fantastic. It is yeah. next-level, game-changer bucket hat. Well, as Kevin noted, he's now fifty, right? I mean, things change when you turn fifty. So don't gotta tell me that. Yeah, he's Darren, ready to rock and roll SPF here for the next 50. few weeks. Mm-hmm. SPF fifty, exactly. So, dudes, we don't mm-hmm. really because you know, the Vikings are like you know what a half what are they six years now removed from uh, from actually practicing in Mankato, whatever it's been. So we don't officially do like a big Mister Mankato thing anymore. I know that it's kind of now. I think it's kind of been. I don't know if hijacked is the word, but like other outlets have now kind of taken it. Just, just so people know, Mr. Right? Mr. We would never be guilty of such a thing. Here. Certainly I would not, no. right? <laughs> we should have trademarked it a long time ago, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So in I guess in the spirit of Mr. Mankato, under the radar sort of players to watch, guys that aren't, like not Jordan Addison because he's a first-round pick, but under the radar guys, who are some of the names that you think we should keep an eye on here, Doogie, from, uh, from what you've heard and what you've seen? Well, I mean, 
Top of that list, although he's not under the radar, is Josh Metellus. Metellus is going to have a pretty sizable role in Brian Flores' defense, but two very much under the radar guys are two second year players wide receiver Jalen Naylor and linebacker Luigi Villain. Had multiple people, even before yesterday, but multiple people saying, hey, you know, we're really excited to evaluate these guys throughout training camp. Villain's a very interesting guy because when you see him lined up much like Metellus he looks like a safety but he's an outside edge rush linebacker and I and right now um the two outside linebackers who are who are basically replacing Daniil and Zadarius are Davenport on the right side and Wanham on the left side I'm not convinced DJ Wanham is a starter and so I'm I'm with you, Dukes. Um, I think Volane, Patrick Jones, and Volane add a very interesting um, element to what Flores wants to do. But I think Volane qualifies as sort of a little bit more positionless because he does look like a big safety to me as much as a uh, a standard linebacker type of player. So that one, I think, as training camp progresses, could be a surprise because I wouldn't be surprised if he ascended the depth chart here by the time we start seeing games. I would not be surprised. DJ Wanham then could potentially become trade bait or is Wanham a lock to make the 53 man in the final year Mm. of his contract. But yes, Mm. that would be connected to Valane or maybe somebody else making a leap. Yeah, right now, okay, Wanham first on the depth chart. But three weeks from now, let's revisit this conversation. And Judd, I don't want to like spoil your uh, your the dumping of your notebook on Purple Daily today, but just the, I think is it safe to say that the cornerback battle is just sort of wide open, and they're are they are they going to be shuffling guys around the first team defense, the the cornerback uh, corridor of it, or do you think they've sort of landed on all right, these no. are the three guys? No, no, no. Um, so the the starters on the outside in the base, I think, are set. If a Caleb Evans stays healthy. He's going to be, in my opinion, the left cornerback in the base. Byron Murphy Jr., the free agent from the Cardinals, will be the right corner. But yesterday, where I was really surprised, and I I think Dukes would echo this as well, was Byron Murphy Jr., not surprisingly, in the nickel package, moves inside, which we fully expected. O'Connell in the uh, springtime talked about that. But Joan Williams... The free agent edition, I think he's 6'3", big kid, uh, who didn't play last year because of a shoulder injury in New England, and I thought was just sort of added as a free agent guy who might you know, might have a chance. He was spent a lot of time first-team reps uh, at the right corner in nickel yesterday, which, I mean, my God, we could go down this path, but that was surprising. Andrew Booth being with the second team then, was surprising because keep in mind that's a second round pick going into his second year. So Dukes, I think of all of the changes or all of the things that I saw in the team drills, I think that was my biggest surprise because I don't remember anything in the offseason camps to indicate Williams was going to be with the first team on day one of training camp a lot. I would agree. I mean, you know, we figured, okay, Udo at right tackle. We knew that it was going yeah. to be a slow go early on for Brian O'Neill. Yes, not on the pop list but that he wasn't going to be full go these first few days. So Udo being at right tackle, that wasn't a surprise to me. Yes, on Joan Williams, although keep in mind, I mean, Flores with his history being in New England, you know, Williams yeah. knowing, you know, a lot of this defense, I mean, that was a specific target of Flores's. 
where he said, hey, let's go get this guy. I think eventually it's Makai Blackman that ascends up. I don't know what the future holds for Andrew Booth Jr. I really don't. Didn't. I tried to stop and talk yeah. with him after practice yesterday. He initially said yes, but then I could tell like he had gotten beat down the left sideline on a deep ball at one point. It just didn't look like he had a great practice again one day. Small sample size, not going to over-evaluate, but from my point of view, it looked like he struggled at times on day one. So he looked kind of down. He looked tired. It was so darn hot. You know, he initially said, yes, I'll stop and chat. And I said, you know what? Let's just do it later. You look a little out of sorts. You look like you need some water. He's like, I do. And he kept walking. He was, thanks. So, I mean, he was very wow. cordial. <laughs> but wow. that was the situation <laughs> after practice. Yeah. You look like you're going to pass out, dude. You better go to the locker room. At that point, though, <laughs> I had gotten like six or seven interviews. I didn't need any more right in that moment. <laughs> he just greedy. didn't look. Yeah, he, he just didn't I'm look impressed. right. And I get it, right? Like you're wearing the helmet in that heat for two plus hours. I understand it. So I just said, hey, we'll catch you up later in the week or sometime in August. But yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. trainer, Darren Doogie Wilson. This yeah. is impressive. Well, Good that for was, you. That was it. Yeah. Call me Chuck Barter or whatever you want to call me. Uh, Fred Zambrelletti Jr., whatever. But, yeah, he just he didn't look right. But you consider the, the injury-plagued first year, them drafting the USC kid, okay, bringing in Williams. I just don't know, right? And clearly Evans is higher up than Booth on, on the depth chart. So I don't know exactly how Booth Jr. fits into this equation. You know, it's funny because Williams, he, he, you're right, he missed all season last year with New England. He's only played... 550 career defensive snaps in the in the four years, but he was a dude. He was a mid second round pick. Played SEC football in college at Vanderbilt, so barely. But like he played SEC competition, anyways, and and was a mid second round pick, the 45th overall selection. So I don't know. It's you know his draft status at this point, five years later, doesn't really matter as much anymore. But his size, the scheme that he played in, being you know what kind of you know the bones of it, being what Brian Flores wants to run here defensively. And formerly being a, one of the highest cornerbacks drafted in the 2019 draft, there's it, it's interesting. I guess I don't. I, I see now why he's not just a body that's sort of fighting for a for a roster spot, and why he'd be getting some run. Makes some sense. Yes, although I'm positive, maybe it's not necessarily as soon as today, but they're going to mix and match, don't you think, Judd? We're going to yeah. see other guys get first team reps. Okay, you want them to face Cousins. I know the second team sometimes faces the first team offense, this and that, but. I think first team versus first team, they'll mix and match those corners pretty good the next few weeks. Yeah, I just think it's it's incredibly fair to keep a close eye on where two guys in particular defensively are used, and that's Booth and Scene. And, like, both are second team right now. And, and yes, I think that they will get time. I would be a little – I guess I'm a little bit alarmed, though, that Booth was not first team first day. And, yeah. and Evans, who was, what, I think a fourth-round pick in 2000. Uh, 22 clearly since the spring camp has been ahead of booth i find that to, to be intriguing and i think you put it in a very fair way i think what we don't know is like are they mad at him is he hurt again do they not like him as much like it's just an interesting a, a second round pick not not to be with the first team on day one from a year ago um is worth i think the best word to use is monitoring Yes, right? we will. Like yeah, we'll absolutely like continue to monitor. Be... Yes. Yeah. I don't know yeah, why yeah. exactly they'd be mad unless it goes back to last year, some of the injury rehab, you know, the way he went. I mean, Cam Dance. Maybe not necessarily all in, in on that. Sideways. 
Yeah, I know? know. I know. But I so just I don't know I don't know where they would be necessarily mad. I just don't know if Flores evaluates him the same way sure. that previous defensive coaches have, you know, going back yeah. to last year, Donatello and company. What is so Jordan Addison was out there. He did uh, he did speak to reporters, although he basically just deferred everything to, you know, hey, it's an ongoing legal situation. Including is, the dog, I guess, huh? Yeah. The dog <laughs> like, what thing, about the dog thing? It's legal. What did you guys make of? What did you guys make of just, all right, he's back. He kind of spoke to the media. You know, what's the temperature of the room with Jordan Addison right now? My, uh, my spies actually tell me that he lives in mini Trista. The last time I checked mini Trista, you're not going home. Correct. If you're going Mm. eastbound past Dale on 94, let's pull up a map here and see. So look at that. But my spies yesterday said, I've, I'm struggling so he was, more. He was going which direction on Dale? Uh, he's going I thought east. he was going westbound. Oh, going no? east. Was he going east? Yeah. Check yeah, out, he's going east. The video's on MN Crime. Yep. The video's going public towards, knowledge. He was going eastbound? Going, okay. He's going towards Marion. Yeah, he's going. He's definitely going eastbound because the lanes, you can see the lanes like this, and this is the westbound. This is the eastbound. Where, is he, going also, over, where is he going over there, by the way? Like, well, you live in many theory, twist, you're like an hour away from home. The theory that was floated to me was, because he's not drunk, like, keep, keep in mind, not arrested, cited, so it's important. Uh, the theory that was floated to me that I sort of like, and this is completely reckless, but I don't care because it's a good theory. Well, it's reckless. Speculation that, Thursday. Bring it on. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that he wanted to see what the what the Lambo could do. And despite what people say, that's a pretty straight stretch there. Like, that's not a hairpin. It, like, Dale going towards... Like, once you get to Spaghetti Junction, which he's a ways from, that's a hairpin turn. But if you look at where, if you go back and, and break down the video of where Addison is, which I did, I know that is did. a straight, that's a straight stretch. So at 3 a.m., you could argue that there would be enough room there to open up the car. Well, a couple that's things. So he, on his social media, don't know if it's still there, but was certainly making light of having this unbelievable Lamborghini. So, you know, he was enjoying showing off that Lamborghini. Also being new to town. Okay, the four of us know, if you're ever going to do 140, the last place you would do 140 is 94 in Dale. Okay, the four of us get that. But he's still new to town. He may not realize the worst place in the Twin Cities to do that outside of maybe 62. All right. Where would you guys? Okay, you got a Lamborghini. Do one forty. And you want to go one hundred forty well, miles an hour? I will say, okay, this is not advisable. We are not advising it's that anyone does this. Speculation okay? theory, because I'm sure a lot of people listening and watching right now have a Lamborghini. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Well, well, well. First of all, I disagree with Doogie. The last place to go one forty because you would end up in the Pokey three ninety four west or east in St Louis Park. Yeah, They'll hold. arrest you. Yeah. They'll arrest you. So at or least thirty five e. Well, like those, after mm-hmm. 62, which should be still 110, but that's A-words another discussion. Make the, the speed limit 45 miles an hour that live on Summit Hill. Well, I'm not, well, I'm, yeah, that's a whole too. different conversation. Yeah, Well, right there. But I'm also thinking 35E where you would like, where get would on the 494 right there. And you, I mean, in well, a perfect do world, hmm. in a perfect yeah. world, you would find some sort of country road. But yeah. then you run into the you run, there's things. Yeah, you know, no. If you come up on a car, it's a two lane road. You need space, yeah. right? You need to be able to. So you probably do need a. A good asphalt, though. Yeah. Maybe down by Cottage Grove, Newport. 
that 61? 61. Yeah. I was 61. I, I would say even, um, hmm. they're, they're, it's a little hilly, but as you get closer to Afton Alps, Manning, which is now right by my neck of the woods, Manning Avenue there on Highway 95, that's also a, a potentially good one. That's just a straight yes. road. I'll, I'll give okay. you one. I'll give okay. you one. Yes, I'm racking my brain. I once upon a time took the class Geography of the Twin Cities, but that was about 25 oh, years ago. A, so I'm wow. thinking. How many credits? Minnesota. Minnesota. They're such a doogie thing. Yeah. Oh, Here's yeah. where our great class is. I'm sure. uh, I would give you the, uh, the 94, the 494, 694 split where it goes uh, 94, and then you go up to like Weaver Lake Road in yep. Maple Grove. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. I, I grew up kind of out in that area. If like before you get, so you're going westbound, before you get to Weaver Lake Road, there's like a mile and a half stretch from that split pretty tough like cops don't sit down there get up to weaver lake road and you might have a problem that's probably the mile and a half i would choose and i would shut it down okay i don't know okay but yeah i but, don't know if it would be 94 in in dale well it definitely would be 94 in dale. no but the state patrol is good the state patrol i i would far prefer being busted by the state patrol than than by cops in a suburb in a suburb you're going to jail i think st louis park golden valley probably well, maybe Minnetonka, not Golden probably. We barely have any cops in Golden Valley. But oh, yeah, okay, well, SLP, SLP, you're going to be in the pokey real quick. Like, they are waiting here. Yeah. You know, I will say, uh, just real quick to deviate here, you know, the combination of Doogie, the bronze tan, the weight loss, boy, you're having a, you're having a nice little run here this month, Duke, thanks to your friends at MN Fat Loss. Yeah, well, and I mean. the sun. And the sun. Absolutely. I mean, if we could debate about, you know, the sort of run I'm having. But no denying, this second I'm tan, rested, ready for day two of Vikings training camp, thanks in large part to my friends at MNFatLoss.com. Now about 19, 20 days into this journey, down 16 pounds. Now I feel like I lost all 16 just being in that hot sun yesterday, walking around, sweating like you wouldn't believe in Egan. But no, I mean, yesterday lost about a pound. I mean, that's normal. It's a normal plan. There's no prepackaged foods Yes, exercise, but you want to get daily exercise anyway. Some steps in, but no strenuous exercise is required. There's no counting of points. It's a very easy-to-follow plan. Heck, if I can do it, if I can drop 15, 16 pounds, you can too. MNFatLoss.com. It's a unique weight loss program. It's easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. Many patients, I'm looking forward to this, almost there. Lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two for your free private weight loss consultation. Call 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600, or schedule online, mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C., results may vary. But I'm telling you, I am ready to go, energized, heading into day yes. two of Vikings training camp. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Let's go. And uh, reckless speculation Thursday here. So, all right, any other uh, just Vikings nuggets from you, Dukes? Otherwise, there's some interesting twin stuff. So they already made a trade, Jorge Lopez, for Dylan Floro. But any Viking stuff before we get into Well, I mean, the elephant in the room is, you know, what question do I get more than anything? Judd, you 
probably are in the same boat, Phil, Declan, everybody, right, is what the heck is going on with Daniil Hunter? I wish I could yeah. give you the update. I told you I would be surprised if he showed up, if he does show up, that there would be some progress in the contract front. But my sense is there's nothing closer today than there was, let's say, 7 to 10 to 14 days ago, hmm. right? And so to me, it's interesting that he wasn't seen anywhere on the field. Okay, so it's very much a hold-in. It's an extended hold-in, right? Yeah. That you're not even like out there supporting your teammates. And I get it. In the building, all that. But like you couldn't even come out at all. I mean, this is the rare time for the next handful of weeks we get full access, right? So when we walk in, they're wrapping up walkthrough. So I scanned the field. He wasn't seen for walkthrough. Then we're back out there about 70 to 90 minutes later, full team workout practice, nowhere to be seen. So I just, I don't sense that anything is closer today. Not to say that one new talk, one new phone call can change things. Yeah, of course it can. But right now, I just don't sense anything is closer today than it was, you know, a couple weeks ago. What do you think of uh, my crack research that I went through all 400 people that he follows on Instagram? And he I saw that. Two N- follows two NFL teams, the Vikings and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it means that, you know, you look at Jacksonville's roster, right? I mean, a lot of teams could use a Daniel Hunter, but Jacksonville, you know, they've got Trevor Lawrence still on that rookie contract before they need to pay him 200 and something million dollars, maybe by that point, $300 million. So, yeah, Jacksonville has a window, right? I mean, that division stinks. So, yeah, I mean, logically speaking, Phil, I can't tell you like 100% definitively, but logically speaking, Jacksonville makes a lot of sense if it ultimately gets to the point of the Vikings needing to trade him, plus the Vikings having interest in trading him to the AFC, not to another NFC team. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, shift our attention. We've got, what, four or five days left until the – Baseball trade deadline, and uh, the Twins already started. They, they punted on a year and a half of uh, Jorge Lopez yesterday, and they bring in Dylan Floro. Who, by the way, Dylan, so Dylan Floro having a rough season, but better career track record than, uh, than Lopez, and he has pitched in five World Series games in about 10 league championship series, and Lopez has never pitched in a playoff game before. So, you know, I guess if you're going to – bet on one of them or the other to be good the rest of the season, then maybe the Twins are betting that Floro has a better chance to to bounce back. But what else do you think is percolating right now? Well, let me add on that. So the Twins were going to non-tender. The way it was trending, they were going to non-tender Jorge Lopez this winter. So even though he was under team control for another year, he wasn't going to be here next year. So keep that in mind. The Lopez camp was... Very open-minded with everything going on here. Now, I get it. He was okay his last two outings, but then you go back to last week, that outing in Seattle, hitting three guys, the mental health break, you know, giving up a lot of big-time hits. That just a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. Now, you can argue the same thing for Floro because he hasn't been that good this year. Now, stuff-wise, Lopez, to me, Phil, has better overall stuff than Floro, but... I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence Rocco calling upon Lopez and even a medium leverage situation right now. So Floro can slot in sixth inning, seventh inning. He's not trumping Griffin Jacks or anything like that, but he's somebody that, that I think Rocco will have more confidence in, in making the call on. I will also add somebody close to Floro told me, quote, he's a bit quiet, not a rah-rah guy, but once you get to know him, he gets comfortable with you. He'll talk. Good guy. 
obviously knows Pablo, that being Pablo Lopez. So that will be helpful to help him there as he acclimates. So, you know, the feedback on just the person, because the word I got in Araldis Chapman, yes, the twins had dialogue with the Royals, but that there were some character red flags. That those talks never Wait, even got a, an inch off the ground. Chat, the, yeah, just from the standpoint of... I know. I mean, shot a gun? I know. But yeah, just from I the mean, standpoint of just maybe not the guy you want in your clubhouse right this second. Yeah. Well, and where I will say... That's not say the case about, here with Flora. Well, and where I will give the Twins credit is I think that the Falvey regime in what you just talked about, Darren, has swung and missed quite a few times. So if they are now starting to take character in, into account for these trades, that's probably a step in the, the right direction. You go back to Sam Dyson, which was a debacle as a person too. I mean, f- forget the fact that he came here hurt, but Sam Dyson was a debacle. Um, Logan Morrison, Lance Lynn, Addison Reed. I, I mean, this team and, and unfortunately in some ways, and he might not be a bad guy, but it seems like there were demons with Lopez that, the twins didn't know about as well. So if they're starting to take a character into account, I actually like that because it's, it means something. It can't be dismissed completely. That This is not rotisserie league baseball. You're right. That means they have learned their, you cited all the lessons from years past. This regime made some mistakes, right? So character definitely in the mix when considering, you know, all these, all these trade talks that, that are occurring. So I'll note, Phil, that over in St. Paul this week, the Saints are over there. By the way, I should note that Byron Buxton officially activated. We knew that was coming. Trevor Larnick optioned. So Larnick back with the Saints. The next move is the Jorge Polanco reinstatement got accelerated. The Twins won him back in the lineup this weekend. I thought at least the initial, well, the initial plan was it would be about now. But then with the conversion to third base, you know, there was some buzz that, okay, let's give him through the weekend. He can rejoin us next week in St. Louis, like Caleb Thielbar. Thielbar threw the other day for St. Paul. Looked good, but Thielbar not rejoining the Twins this weekend. It'll be next week in St. Louis. So I thought they would just allow Polanco a few more games at third base the rest of this week in St. Paul. Then he could join the Twins in St. Louis early next week. But no, Polanco will be on the plane later today heading to Kansas City for the series opener tomorrow. So the question is, what's the next move? Can you really send Walner down? Okay, that's the easy move. He has options, right? Or would you DFA Gallo? We know Julian isn't going anywhere, but what is the move tomorrow when you you activate Jorge Polanco? Is there a team? I mean, Gallo's back to being Gallo, right? He's back to, he's no longer a train wreck in, in terms of like Gallo train wreck. He's back to being the Joey Gallo that hits 35 home runs in a full season if he plays and you know, strikes out 200 sometimes. Is there a team that would, could you trade Gallo for like, you know, an A-ball hitter or something? Is there a team that just needs some left-handed pop and now Matt Walner slides in and it's it's easy? Or is it DFA or or nothing for Joey Gallo? Yeah, it's hard to see it, Phil. I mean, like the Yankees could use a lefty bat. Well, the Yankees are not reacquiring Joey yeah. Gallo. There wasn't much of a free agent market. For Gallo. That was what was interesting that the Twins gave him $11 million. Who exactly were they bidding against, competing against? So I just, I don't know if that team is out there. Sure, there are some teams out there that can use a bat. Could Tampa potentially use a bat? Could Houston right now until Alvarez is back? I mean, there are teams, right? I mean, Houston in the mix for Cody Bellinger. So, I mean, I can make a case for for some buyers that, that Gallo could potentially help 
a little bit, but it's hard to see it, Phil. Like when Derek Falvey said yeah. the other day, he held court with with reporters in the in the in the press box that hey, we're getting a lot of calls on our outfielders, our left handed hitting outfielders. That's namely Matt Walner. Like Walner's the guy that teams yeah. want. Six years of team control. You know that exit velo, that arm in the outfield. A lot of teams would love to acquire Matt Walner. Sure, there's some Larnick fans as well. I've not heard of teams calling the Twins and saying, hey, what would it take to pry Joey Gallo from you? Then you consider the, the five, five and a half million dollars left on his contract. Who exactly is absorbing that much money, Phil? So how much money are the Twins eating in that equation? So I think a DFA would be way more likely than actually working out a trade, unless you're bringing back comparable money. It's trading somebody's scraps for your scraps, you know, being Gallo. What's the thought process on Kepler then? Well, I mean, Falvey loves him, right? And he's on a nice little run right now, including the defense. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I would so actually I know. like. You're saying, Judd, hey, can you sell? Maybe not sell high, but now is the yeah. time. Look I'd at this role he's on. Walner right now. Well, I prefer not to trade a, a guy with that much I wouldn't control. trade Walner either, but I'd want to keep Walner. Like, I want Walner in the lineup tomorrow night in right. Kansas City. So right. what is yes. the move when they activate Jorge Polanco? I want Walner with the Twins. Not with the Saints. Like, I'm not too worried about them trading him unless the offer is through the roof. It's not like Matt Walner is untouchable. But, like, to me, I want Walner in the Twins lineup. But I just, I don't get the sense that that there's been any movement on the Kepler front. Just the way Falvey was gushing to him, gushing about him with me recently, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. Not that he's untouchable. uh... Trust me, he's far from untouchable. And we know that $10.5 million option, not like Kepler's going to be here, at least under those terms, next year. Right, so it looks like Kepler's going yeah. to be elsewhere, but I just I don't sense there's any momentum right this second on on a Kepler trade. Maybe Joey Gallo comes up with a sore knee or something. In well, the next maybe, couple days. but I will tell you, Judd, the Kepler stuff Ooh. is on my radar. It's not like I'm dismissing it. It's on my radar as we head it into a lot, head into it next makes Tuesday. a lot of sense. It makes mm-hmm. a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Tell Derek it makes sense. He's going to have to cut the cord. Well, and they realize, right? I mean, it's over. They are thinking what I'm thinking. How the heck do we take Matt Walner out of this lineup? Right? So those are conversations, trust me, that are being had internally. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things that they need help with in their thinking. And I'm here to help them. That's what I do. Okay, so I I was going to note, Phil, that over in St. Paul this week, the Washington Nationals are specifically scouting the Saints. Now, sure, the Twins have had trade dialogue with Washington. Doesn't mean that it's just Washington. Of course, the Twins are talking with other teams, but hey, Lane Thomas potentially. Although, do you want Lane or are you better off acquiring a bat that's a pending free agent? Lane Thomas has multiple years of team control remaining. Although, you think about next year's roster, right? No Gallo, no Kepler. Are we sure that Larnick is an everyday player? Maybe he is, right? So maybe you have Larnick and Walner in the corner outfield mm-hmm. spots next year. You know, but does Lane Thomas, does he play center field, Phil? Uh, uh, this year he has played, uh, let's see here, uh, mostly right field, but he's also played some center field. All right. Yeah. So he's a good, he's a good hitter. He's a good hitter. Yeah. I mean, he's having a great year, mm-hmm. right? And he hits lefties. I mean, you probably know the numbers better than I do, Phil, right? But you know, that's what the twins are looking for is somebody that can hit lefty pitching. If you think about matching up in the first round of the playoffs with the Astros, they have a capable lefty starter, you know, depending on, you know, matchups. I mean, Texas has Heaney. Toronto's got a couple guys. I don't know if they would start Kikuchi and Ryu's back, though, at this point. 
you know, so you just you start looking at some of those potential first round matchups, that three six playoff matchup at Target Field, the Twins potentially seeing a lefty in game one or game two. You know, that's what they're thinking. Okay, we need to bring in some sort of righty bet that can help us for one of those games. Yeah, Lane, so Lane Thomas, by the way, against left-handed pitchers this season, he has a 1,061 OPS. He has eight, uh, 19 extra base hits in uh, in 130 plate appearances against left-handed pitching. So 367 average, a 413 on base. And he's he's pretty good against right-handed pitching, too. And again, hey, let me stress, it's not like it's Thomas or Bust. Right, but he's a guy that fits what the Twins are looking for. And, hey, the Nationals are keeping an eye on, on the Twins' farm system. Yeah. All right, what else you got here? A couple minutes left here, Dukes. Uh, empty the scoop bag for Absolutely. Us. So I did a social media minute on Wednesday about Jaden McDaniel. So what I said there was, is true, that both sides are motivated to eventually work out a contract extension. But right now, the talks are slow going. But since that video emerged couple people said, hey, maybe the money you tossed out, you know, don't know if it's quite that. And hey, I said, it could absolutely be more. I said, hey, 21 to 24. But yeah, could it be closer to 25 or 26 or maybe even a little north of that? It could be. But bottom line is, with two months to go, there is motivation from both sides to work out an agreement. But clearly, the Jaden side wants to maximize it's earning potential, right? And the Wolves, if they can find a way to bring that mid-20s number down ever so slightly, of course the Wolves would like to do that. But we know that Jaden McDaniels is a building block, that the Wolves want him here for many, many more years. Daniel Oturu, the former Creighton Durham Hall and Gophers big man in talks with a team in Turkey. In case you missed it, former Gophers guard Nate Mason signed with a team in France this week. In case you missed it, former Timberwolf McKinley Wright of Champlain Park signed with a team in Montenegro, Ben Johnson of the Gophers in Memphis this week, recruiting, keeping an eye on 2025 forward EJ Walker. He's a big time priority. He visited campus earlier this summer. I should also mention MNFatLoss.com has a summer special going on right now $200 off through Sunday. MNFatLoss.com. One more note Brock Stewart did have a setback in that comeback from the forearm injury. But he is now back throwing bullpens, so he should be able to rejoin the Twins sometime in mid-August. Yes, he'll need a rehab assignment for some short stretch, but Brock Stewart should be back like Thielbar with the Twins here in the coming weeks. Awesome. All right. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, Doogie. Good stuff, man. Take it easy, boys. Jed, I'll see you in a little bit. Awesome. Okay. All right, there you go. Uh, Also, a shout-out to our friends over at EcoFun. So, boy, it's electric bike season out there at EcoFun. There's so many fun toys for you to get into. Uh, the EFI golf carts, the Moto Guzzi motorcycles, and also ATVs, youth ATVs and dirt bikes too. But the uh, the electric bikes are sort of all the rage, 10% off all the retail prices right now. You can snoop around at EcoFunMotorsports.com or stop in in person off 35 in Forest Lake or 35W and County Road 42 uh, near Burnsville. EcoFunMotorsports.com. If you go in, tell them that we sent you in, and uh, you can support us that way. There's your scoop session here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. That's juicy.